Welcome to Making Kirksville Home. Kirksville is a town in northern Missouri, home of Truman State University and A.T. Still University. I'm your host, Leah McNeely, and I'm going to be sharing the stories of the people who have made Kirksville their home. In this episode, our guest is Dr. St. Rice, and he's going to talk about Kirksville in comparison to where he grew up in St. Louis and other places he's lived in the United States. Okay. Hi. Could you introduce yourself and say where you grew up? Okay. All right. So I'm Dr. St. Rice. I am the director for the Center for Diversity and Inclusion here at Truman State University. Um, I actually grew up in the St. Louis area, and so uh, primarily in the North County part of St. Louis. And um, and I have strong roots and ties to the Alabama area, so down in Tuscaloosa Road, tie. Um, and so, how would you describe? I guess the similarities and differences between the St. Louis area and some of the Alabama area to Kirksville. Hmm. Well, St. Louis is much, much different from Kirksville. Of course, we know population. We, we're also talking about rural versus metropolitan or um, an urban area. I would say that Kirksville is closer to my maternal side of the family, which is down in Aliceville, Alabama. And so when I look at those two communities um, between Kirksville and Aliceville, there, there are a lot of similarities. Very small, historically a farming community. Um, it is very rural. Um, there's limited access to various transportation. There's also limited access to um, diverse resources. Everyone knows everyone. Right. And, and so um, even just some of the housing, because based off of where individuals live, you see um, different types of housing, housing and styles of houses, things like that. Um, so that would be the closest. St. Louis, of course, is uh, actually, if I was to compare the portion of St. Louis that I lived in, which is called Kenlock, Missouri, and Kenlock is no longer in existence in its original state. Kenlock was the oldest African-American city that was, that was west of the Mississippi. And it was actually formed after the East St. Louis, I, I won't call them riots because the people who lived there were not the rioters. It was actually the neighboring communities that came in and destroyed that, um, that community. Um, because of race wars and because of uh, racial issues in the early 1900s. And so there were several deaths that happened in the East St. Louis area, and many of the individuals who escaped the horrors from that, that um, tragic weekend, they, they made their way over to Kenlock, and they, they founded that city. And Kenlock was owned and operated by African-Americans. So everything in that community, whether it was the utilities, um, whether it was movie theaters, for, uh, funeral homes, businesses, stores, the, the schooling system, everything was owned and operated by African-Americans, very influential African-Americans. So, um, and there are several who now that we watch on TV all the time um, that came from the Kenlock, came from that area. But 
it was also a very rural area. My grandfather, who, who lived and had a house there, we had chickens in the backyard, right? And so we had some livestock, and you wouldn't think that you would have that in a metropolitan or an urban area, but we did. Um, my grandfather had several acres of land that was not far from the house that he would go out and farm because he came from a farming background. And there were many individuals who had land that they would farm and share um, the share the resources in somewhat of a community setting where if they raised corn or if they raised, well, corn has always been under the control of the government, but if they raised other uh, vegetation or what have you, if they went hunting, um, they would share that within the community. So it puts me in the mind somewhat of what I would say Kirksville is. How long have you lived in Kirksville? I've only been here since May, my wife and I. We moved here in May um, of last year. We moved, of course, because of my role here at Truman. So I've been here that long. Was it hard to decide to come to Kirksville? No, it wasn't hard to decide to come. Um, I came in, I interviewed for the position, and after meeting with the leadership at that time, I really believe that Truman has, has a plan or had a plan that was in place in order to move the needle of equity and inclusion for all students and especially historically marginalized students and move that, uh, move that initiative forward. I enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Sue Thomas and, and some of the other leadership. I got a chance to meet quite a few of the students. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard decision to move here. What was your first impression of Kirksville? Because I've lived in rural areas, I lived in the southeast, um, southeast Missouri area, so I lived in Cape Girardeau when it was really um, starting as developing. Right now, you wouldn't tell that in the 90s, it, it reminded you of Kirksville. Um, I've also lived even farther south, which is down in the Carruthersville, Haytai area, which is considered the boot hill. And it is just like um, Kirksville, um, a Walmart, in a Piggly Wiggly, and, and pretty much it was a community that was um, industrialized. So most of the people worked back on the, um, they worked on the river and worked in some form of industry or in home health or what have you. So very limited opportunities for jobs. Uh, because I lived in those spaces earlier, um, while I was an undergrad in my early 20s, moving here, I kind of knew what to expect. Um, when it came to the living conditions. How would you just, so you are the director for the Center of Diversity. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about your role as when you are a resident of Kirksville as well? Do you um, think about what you can do just in Kirksville in general, in addition to Truman State? Yeah, I do think about that. We have to understand that um, academies is what, which is what I call universities and colleges. I don't call them institutions because prior to coming into this space, I actually worked in the criminal justice system, and those are institutions, places of incarceration, right? But I call higher education, schools, universities, I call them academies. And so academies are a microcosm of the surrounding communities because we are drawing students from all over. 
right? And, and it, is, it is almost impossible for an academy to exist separate from the community that it's a part of. Most academies that find success have a really good, and it's called a town-gown relationship. So the relationship between those who are coming in, and remember we're seasonal. Most of our, uh, most of our population come in for a nine-month period, which is our students, right? And so that relationship between the university or the college and the town has to be one that is healthy, right? If it's not healthy, then it creates a lot of issues. Issues for both the citizens of that community as well as the students who are now a, a part of the community. And so, as I looked around, and I looked at the amenities. Uh, my wife and I—we both—it's not just me, but my wife and I—we looked at the amenities. We looked at the relationship. We looked at the offerings, right? So, um, if we wanted to go out, what could we go eat? What's the variation of food? Um, what type of entertainment is available and I'm speaking more of pro-social entertainment so entertainment such as music choices such as um, maybe even for instance I'm a bowler right and so and I've been on bowling teams since I can remember and and when I moved here the quality of you know the bowling alley and things of that nature the attitude of the people are they friendly are they talking um, do they greet you you know, um, why you look past. And all those things play a part in the mental health of anyone that's going to be in the community. Um, I've, I continually say this, every human needs about five positive or healthy touches throughout the day. And those healthy touches are not physical touches as much as they are social emotional touches that are critical for our mental health. And when we're in a space where we feel unsafe, when we're in a space where we feel excluded, we feel looked over, we, um, we, um, we feel um, the microaggression, we feel the prejudice, we feel the sexism, all those things that impact our mental health, then the chances of us being successful, even becoming a part of the bigger community is, is um, probably zero, right? And so we looked at those things. Um, We've been a part of a couple of, um, both my wife and I, we're very religious, so we enjoy um, going to church services. And so we've been a part of a couple, um, I would say, um, churches here. One of the things we did not want is to be, like, held captive. Because being a, being a, a, a part of the marginalized group, we know that, when we go into a space, sometimes that space tends to want to, to own us, right? So we got the one black couple in the community. And we didn't want that. We want the freedom to be able to move about into uh, fellowship with whoever we wanted to fellowship with and not feel like we were just imprisoned. Um, but we've been welcome, you know, in those spaces. And I think most people who know us or know of us been pretty friendly. We've had some challenges, but for the most part, it's been good. What are things that you've kept with you or things that you do when you're making um, a home space for yourself? Hmm. 
And you can talk specifically about what you did when you came to Kirksville. Well, one of the things we wanted is we wanted a home that was comparable to our home because we still have homes in other spaces. And so we wanted a home. We wanted our living conditions to be comparable. And so just because we live in a rural area doesn't mean that we had to just settle to live anywhere. And so uh, we tried to find a space that gave us the amenities because we're both, we love our home. We love where we live. And so if we don't, if we choose not to go anywhere, we want to be, we want to be happy with where we're living. And so, um, and we brought our, we brought what we do. We have a, we bought a portion of our library and turned one of the rooms into a library and then turned one of the rooms into a study to where we, well, our office space. And so um, uh, we, no, I think that, that that was important, you know, to be, to love where we come home to and be a part of, being in the side of the community that we know that if we just happen to leave our, our garage up, that our bikes won't disappear, you know, or if we come outside, we won't see um, craziness, you know, see all the, 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 those things that come along with closed-minded people. Uh, lastly, what are some of your favorite things about Kirksville? Some of the favorite things. One is Truman. We enjoy, um, we do have some really good relationships here. And we've met some really good people. Curtis Ferguson, also, um, as we mentioned, some of the churches that, we, that we've been, we feel it fellowshiped with. Um, I would say the no traffic. So sometimes when we go home, um, when we go back to St. Louis, the traffic is like, okay, yeah. And uh, not having to gas up for two weeks, right? And so, uh, because you can walk anywhere, we've been able to ride our bikes. We don't have small children, so we really can't be a part of the school system or anything. Um, also, I would say uh, we like uh, Thousand Lake, Thousand Hill Lake. We do like that space out there. I'm getting away. I'm an outdoorsman, so I enjoy being out in nature and enjoying that opportunity. Um, we have some friends that live not far from here, that live in Moberly, and that lives in um, other neighboring uh, cities that are close to uh, here to Kirksville. So being up in this region, we really was able to spend a lot of time with them. We have some friends that'll be joining us on Saturday that'll come hang out. So being in this region, I think also learning, uh, that's been really good for me because by nature, I'm a sociologist. And, and so uh, learning how people live, understanding how they, uh, what strategies they use, that has been really good. You know, and seeing another side of our state because I hadn't really spent a lot of time up in this northeast Missouri part of our state. Um, even spending some time in Iowa, we've been over there and got a chance to see a top line spaces like that and see how the individuals live in those spaces. So that's been good too. Um, I got a chance to hang out with the chief, and I think he's real. Yeah, he's he's a good guy, you know, and I think he's. Um, um, he brings a, another perspective to law enforcement, you know, so those are some things. 
Do you have any last remarks? I would say that if individuals are looking to settle down and um, and don't mind, you know, some of the normalcies that come along, uh, this would be a good space. Kirksville would be a good space to come in. Um, I would say if individuals are more exploratory, they like excitement and and fast life, things like that, this may not be the best place for them. Uh, but we get to decide. And that's the beautiful thing about life is we get to decide where we want to live. We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So um, individuals just choose wisely. Thank you. Thank you. Music by Blue Dot Sessions from their album The Pine Barrens. This show was produced by Leah McNeely with assistance from Dr. David Price, Anas Al-Hassani, and Amelia Pelez. And it's produced by Truman State University 2022. For more news and entertainment from the Truman Media Network, go to tmn.truman.edu.